Hey, friends, how are you doing? We're back with Stick a Fork in It, and we have another great show for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. More team. This is a fun one. We yeah. all, at the end I, of the day, well, I'm not going to ruin is, it, yeah. because it just it, it's just inspiring. you got to mm-hmm. listen in. Amazing people help us get all those meals out there in the mm-hmm. community, and we're all motivated. Yeah, um, yeah round one was really fun. We it was. Right. some great guests, and uh, we, we challenged round two to up the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. We did. We did, and we have as our special guest for what the food bank is, J.C. Peters, yeah. who is part of our leadership team and um, leads the helm at our culture, which she is doing an incredible job mm-hmm. in challenging and crazy times. And listening to all the interviews, you can tell that the fruits of her labor are paying off. Absolutely. Uh, between um, her and Thomas, um, our leadership uh, keeps us in check, and we are one family. So, And we had so much fun doing it that we decided that instead of a two-part series, this is going to be a three-part series. Right. <laughs> and we're going to bring even more fantastic people in. So uh, on the next episode of Stick a Fork in It, you'll get to learn more about our yearly accolade, Food Banker of the Year. Yep. That's right. That's not just generally great people. These mm-hmm. are certified. Yeah. Green. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a plaque and everything. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's an award and a plaque and everything. Exactly. So here you go. Enjoy, friends. We have someone who's coming back to us today. She was talking about one of our programs in a previous show. Uh, friends, Kelly Brickfield is back on the show. Hi, hey, Kelly. girl, what's Welcome up? Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> so thrilled to have you join us. Um, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing, well, you know, COVID great. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2020 perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different scale this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So when you were on the show before, we were talking specifically about your program, but yep. people didn't really need to get to know about you. So tell us a little bit about you personally. Um, okay. I am um, a mom of three amazing young adults. It's bizarre to think that my children are now all young adults, <laughs> yeah. um, all of whom are just doing awesome and amazing and uh, thankfully all still living in Florida. Mm. Um, I've been married to my husband for 31 years. Um, so I got married when I was nine. Exactly. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I hear you, girl. Um, and just kidding on that, by the way. Um, and we've lived actually in Safety Harbor for the same uh, 31 years, which oh, wow. I guess makes me, I don't know how that works. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in Connecticut and I've me lived too. here longer than there. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes me like an honorary resident or Well, Neil definitely native. counts as a Florida man. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, well we're, you're born here. You're born here, right? Nope. No, moved here when I was in first grade. Oh, I'm born here. I was not born. I was born in Connecticut. I'm, okay, I'm the yeah. only one born in Florida. I officially invite you <laughs> oh, to be a, thank a Floridian. You. Thank yeah. you. It's yes. that weird thing, though, because like I love it here, and and Safety Harbor is home, and it's a great little town to um, to live in. Um, but it's just funny how anytime I think about going back to Connecticut, it's still going home. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know? um, innately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So even though like I don't have like much family there, I have an aunt who lives in the same town I grew up in. But aside from that, it's, yeah. she's yeah. holding down the fort. Yep. yep. <laughs> but more than half your life here should count. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I would think. Yeah. yeah. And I'm long overdue on a visit, by the way. I was supposed to see her the week um, 
um, St. Patrick's Day week. Oh. I was going to go to New York. Oh, yeah, for that. I remember um, that. Did something happen for, between? I, them amazingly, <laughs> right? Crazy. Um, oh, food is medicine coalition. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go to New York for that conference. Going to leave early. Go visit her. Yeah. She's ninety. I wow. kind of need to get up there, yeah. and still haven't been able to get up there and go. So mm. it's in my goals for twenty twenty one. Absolutely, try nice. to get there as soon as I can. Yeah. Good goals Absolutely. to have, and hopefully we can do that yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so speaking about Connecticut, and I don't know if this is this has to do with going back home as a child or with your children. Tell me about a memory around the table. So, um, you know, as you know, I had you know seven minutes to prepare for this conversation. <laughs> we like um, to be it's like a lifetime, that. But, right? <laughs> you know, it's. Um, it's interesting like my mom was a a food is love mom Mm. um you know and it was all about the family meal and the you know the friends and the neighbors and just you know everybody around the table um and you know so so many of my growing up memories are just that experience so you know i don't know that i can nail it down to just one memory but it was that just sort of constant um you know family friends relatives you know neighbors anybody um, just around the table, just talking about, you know, your day and, and your life and your friends and who's doing what. Um, but then I thought there's an interesting um, contrast, I suppose. So, you know, meals around my family table were very casual, very like, oh, you know, what did you and your friends do today? And, you know, if... Um, friends from school and you know if I went to work you know who was there who did you see it was all people and relationships and and that type of thing and the first time I went to dinner at my husband's house um he's one of seven children he grew up in New York City and um it was like a current affairs test. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I failed miserably. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I really felt like I had to have read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times before I walked into oh. that meal. Oh, wow. And I just sat there kind of, it was like the ping pong thing <laughs> and kind of shell-shocked. Um, so, yeah. So now it's interesting because now like our family meals are a very interesting amalgamation of both of those experiences. Right. Huh. A great um, combination. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. I, Sometimes the conversations, my children are all very um, astute. Strong-willed. Strong-willed would be a word. Um, And just very politically in tuned. Mm -hmm. And they have very different views than than my husband and I do. So the conversation can get quite heated. Um, I I typically have to get up and walk away. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> but you do have a uh, a little bit of New England that you bring to your holiday traditions, I most certainly right? do, yeah. So we once we moved here, um, you know, neither one of us loves turkey. My husband will not eat ham. Oh, man. Um, and we decided that we were going to bring a little bit of New England home with us to Florida. Um, so we do lobster for Christmas dinner. Oh, That's awesome. So um, next year. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Three people at the table. Yeah. Well, so typically that's where, you know, this year was different because typically our our friends and family members who are by themselves, um, you know, we, we kind of adopt all the orphans and, um, yeah. and, you know, folks come over and join us for that meal. Um, and it's great. You know, I love it. And, and this year it, you know, was just the eight of us. Yeah. So, you know, my husband and I and our kids and all their significant others. Um, so yeah. it was smaller than usual, Quieter. but still, <laughs> still lovely. I might have to uh, be an orphan next year so I can come have lobster. Yeah. We, um, we experimented. So my husband likes to surprise me with, hey, let's try this new thing. So when he came home from the seafood market on Christmas Eve, he had clams. Uh-huh. I grew up with that. Love clams. Love steamed clams. My favorite, favorite meal of all time are um, fried whole belly clams. That mm. I There's a specific restaurant in um, my hometown that I go to every time I go back mm. and get them. And Neil decided we were going to make them. Oh. I don't know. Google it. The recipe. (laughs) There are about 182 steps, um, many of which were torturous Uh. and did not work as as the um, ingredient as the recipe said they would. So he came home with about 70 clams. I think I successfully shucked about 15, (laughs) and then called it. I'm like, this is it. This is this is going to ruin my Christmas day. I was gonna say he put. You to work on Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're wow. gonna do these fifteen. Yeah. Um. And it literally, I mean, it's a lot of steps. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I hope my husband doesn't listen to this. <laughs> they they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> they really came. It's out quantity great. over quality. Quality over quality quantity over in this quantity, situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that was our fun new New England thing. I don't uh, know that I'll add new that. New England. I'll, I love I'll do it. it again. Maybe when it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. But it was a little crazy. Was <laughs> <laughs> full on Christmas Day. Little, Everybody got one clam. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, pretty it's much. good, right? Yeah. 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 One. Yeah. That's it. Savor it. Exactly. Chew. Keep chewing. Yeah. Eat a lot of mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's only the side that goes with the lobster and the shrimp and everything else. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Duck. Yeah. One clam. Yeah. Right. That's right. The yeah. clam. Classy. Yes. It, it's like those really expensive restaurants when you pay a lot and you get like three Little things. Portions. So yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh. Right. You are bougie. Bougie Christmas. the Bridgefields. <laughs> very bougie Christmas. Sadly, very, very far from it. <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, like I own a very it. Weird yeah. Hallmark special. Oh yeah, a very, <laughs> very bougie, bougie Christmas. <laughs> I think that might be a Medea movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it will be now. Or it will be. Yeah. Okay, but we got to mark that. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> so, so Kelly, you mentioned earlier that um, the reason that you had been planning to go to New York was for the Food Is Medicine Coalition meeting. Tell me a little bit about that. So um, it's a group that we're involved in that you, thankfully, Matt, got me involved in, um, which really looks to resolve um, some diet-related health conditions through food. Um, You know, the reality is that um, what you eat matters in in terms of your health. Um, And there's um, there's a lot of, you know, emerging research that really shows that it um, it makes a huge difference. So there's a small group out there. Um, We're becoming part of that group and hoping to make it bigger and bigger. And, you know, the ultimate goal is to, um, you know, just get insurance providers to cover um, medically tailored meals for folks with, you know, conditions like diabetes, which is very much um especially type 2 can change the world yeah 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 change the world that'd be good yeah it does it changes the world for them (laughs) yeah seriously and and we know that you know in in the health equity sense that 
diseases like diabetes have a really significantly disproportionate effect on folks with limited resources. Yeah. And so that's who we care for every day yep. in, in our work. And uh, we've long sought to provide higher quality food, but this is a whole other level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean when you say medically tailored meal? So they, um, we actually had a registered dietitian, um, you know, create a bunch of recipes for us. Um, uh, you know, the other organizations that are further along in this process than us, um, you know, have very similar, um, you know, recipes and meals that they create that have been um, cultivated by registered dietitians specific to, um, you know, specific um, disease states or conditions. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, for example, diabetes, you know, you're going to look at low sugar and low, lower carbohydrates. Um, anybody with hypertension, you're going to really make sure that, you know, we watch the sodium. Um, and, you know, so it's just really looking at the foods that impact certain health conditions and then planning the menus um, around those foods or, or not around certain foods. Yeah, avoiding them. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a neat area for us to move into because it's not just... Um, charitable work this is life saving yeah life changing yeah. work yeah as as crazy as this project is it it might be the one i'm the most excited about <laughs> um so i mean i love everything that i'm doing but um but this is because it is so new and different and um i think it's kind of cutting edge um and and it has the potential really to be so life-changing um yeah i'm pretty excited about it so you mean there's more than one thing on your plate right now <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe two <laughs> or three or 27 right, two, yeah. i don't so know somewhere in that range <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's the what kelly thought she was getting into yeah <laughs> what kelly ended up doing right. in covid and like a boss mind you oh, thank yeah. you Come on, um, yeah. Yeah. like a boss. So yeah, I mean, we've touched on that in the in the other um, episodes that I've been on. But yeah, I mean, during COVID, my whole job shut down. Yeah. You know, because we hadn't launched any. Um, you know, I manage healthcare partnerships. We hadn't launched any of those official programs yet. We were due to launch literally the week everything yep. shut down. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, had the whole PR thing yes, lined up, we ready did. to go. <laughs> and um, like I said, like a boss, yeah. we uh -huh. was ready. Um, and then just pivot, pivot. shifted yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pivot became the word. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's I'm so grateful. Like there are you know when you look at all of the layoffs and all of the furlough furloughs around our area. Area. Um, you know, I'm so grateful that I work for an organization that said, okay, well, your job is, isn't, isn't happening, but boy, we could use you over here yeah. and let's see what you can do. Um, and, you know, I was able to continue working and helping and providing and, um, you know, just being able to be part of the solution during COVID yeah. was, um, was huge. Well, and I think that provided a really neat opportunity. One of the reasons we thought you'd be a great person for this series that we're doing about humans of the food bank is I think over the course of your year here, you have probably interacted with everyone yeah. who's touched a feeding yeah. yes. Tampa Bay email or yeah. has, a, yeah. you know, yeah. has a badge in this yeah. facility. It was actually, it was, um, it was a great experience, you know, and, and we had the split shift going with staff. So, you know, I was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday person, still, still am pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, and, you know, my, my teammate who was, is my bastion of knowledge was on the other shift. So I was forced to figure it all out by myself oh, which man. was a little scary in the beginning but it was great because from from meeting 
every single person who works in the warehouse and every single driver, well, pretty much every single driver and, um, and you know, the development team and working with the marketing team and the inventory team, um, there isn't, I don't think there's a person out there that I didn't interact with throughout mm-hmm. that process. Um, and it's, it's really cool to be able to see how everybody impacts the, the end result. Yeah. Right. Um, Takes all of us. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Without I mean, a doubt. So just knowing the entire team and really seeing how every little thing that everybody does out there, um, you know, really goes into really what it is that we do and what we put out to the community. Yeah. Well, and there's so much on your plate. I think there's always a temptation to put your blinders on and, and head down and get your work done. I, I think it's been a great thing, not just for you, but for our whole team, for you to have had the inner the experience of interacting with Billy and you know what his priorities are with his cooler and how he organizes things and with Derek and what it takes to get volunteers out to a shift or to a distribution and you know that experience of having had to kind of share space with other teams and other departments really enriches what we do yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, very much so. I mean, it's just, just like I mentioned before, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm nervous to name names because if I do that, I know I'll forget somebody that was like so important throughout this process. Yeah. But um, but it's just been great to really get to know. Um, as long as you name me. We're in, yeah, <laughs> just, just talk about yes. me. Top of the list. <laughs> you, uh, you proverbially sign my paycheck. That's so right. just That's saying. Right. <laughs> or at least your evaluation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's been great. It's really been cool to... to get to know people on a personal level too and just kind of figure out you know learn where other people came from and how they ended up here and you know what people's paths were and just what motivates um the rest of the team and it's um it's really cool to just see the common ground you know i think at the end of the day we're all here because what we do like we need that job that matters Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you know i worked one of those jobs for a long time that really at the end of the day i was like all right really yeah how much does this really matter in the grand scheme of things um i didn't stay with that one very long (laughs) um and you know i I learned early on in my career that that i need that Mm -hmm. you know i just in order for me to feel like i'm um you know contributing to society Mm -hmm. um, i I really need that i need to feel like you know what i do matters at the end of the day so when i put my head on my pillow it's just (laughs) refreshing to be able to say okay i made a small difference today and and that that works for me (laughs) so is that kind of what makes you want to stick around and and keep helping with the mission at ftb yeah yeah yeah, i definitely have found my home Uh, (laughs) oh It's never yeah, not sweet it, to hear that. It's yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely, it, it didn't take very long for me um, to figure out this is where I need to be. Aww. So, yeah, I'm here. You're I can stuck say, I'm, with me. I'm personally really glad you're here. Aww, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it did not take us long to realize no. that we were very lucky to no. have you on board. Well, thank for you. Sure. Yeah. Very quickly, you lean in, you help anyone, you're so full of information, you're always, you're just there. Aww. You always well, you. are, since you walk through the door, really, for anyone. <laughs> so... It's, We're really um, thrilled that you call fun. FTB it's home. Thank you. Well, and it's it's a beautiful family to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we talk about this a lot with, with people on our team, but you're very intentional about staying connected to the reason that you're here. And so every Thursday. Tuesday this week. 
Tuesday this yeah, week. I'll be, uh, I'll be heading holiday. out at about uh, 2.45. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to meet Kelly, yeah. <laughs> then go out to Feeding Pinellas at yep. 63, 63 30, 54th Avenue North. And Kelly will be distributing food this afternoon. Yep. Yeah. To her neighbors. You're too late because this podcast. Yeah. She's not there right now. It's great But every Thursday. Yep. I do. I love it. It's great. And, you know, I was telling Reagan, who's another member of our team who, you know, manages or will manage when it gets up and running fully feeding Pinellas, that, yeah, my plan is to stay just to volunteer, you know, to be there. Thursday has been my day since we started that meal distribution in what, April, I think. So, you know, as long as you're okay with that schedule, then my plan is of to make course. Thursday my day. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, one of our values as an organization is staying rooted to the yeah. mission, staying rooted to what keeps us uh, excited about being here and, and what fulfills us. And that's something that's really important for all of us to do. And so I'm glad you found your spot. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. And we're thrilled to have you here. Aww. Thank you so well, thank much for you. joining us once again on Stay Before <laughs> You Minute. are very, very welcome. Thank Becoming you for a regular, me. as you should. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Happy to be. Looking forward to working with you in the new year, my friend. All of you as well. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? by ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. Welcome back, friends. We're really excited, which we seem to be. I'm excited about every single person who's showing up. (laughs) We haven't once started being like, eh, this is fine. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, now we have. But um, because everybody's so different and they are so exciting and thrilling as human beings and we have one of our development team in that I was just before the show listening to him talk and he can very passionately talk about food, move on over to Mickey Mouse and <laughs> Disney World, and then tell you all the deets on the lightnings, trades, and the budget and the money and what's happening and what the goals are for yeah. 20, the 2021 team. So Jason Prado, welcome to the show, my diverse and fabulous friend. <laughs> Thanks for having me, yeah. appreciate it. Thrilled yeah. to yeah. have you in here. So tell us about you. <laughs> oh, where do you want me to start? The very beginning. The very yeah, beginning. Yeah, Are you from in Tampa. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're Tampa, right? Born in Tampa, yeah. Uh, Lived here for four years, moved back and forth between Tampa, Florida, and Louisville, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. in two separate stints. Uh, Yeah, so I've kind of moved around. Uh, You can tell he's a native because he says Louisville. Louisville. you got to make it sound like you've got marbles in the back of your throat. That's how you say it. Louisville. There you go. You got it. If nothing else... Teaching everybody how to say it appropriately yeah. is is a success in my, right. in, in my book. Uh, but lived in Louisville for a long time. My dad coached college baseball for 26 years, University of Tampa. Then we moved to Louisville because mm. uh, he got the job at University of Louisville. Grew up there, went to high school, ended up moving back because he got the job at University of South Florida oh, where man. I went to college. Uh, finished up at USF, uh, finished high school at Tampa Catholic. Uh, here locally, so finished mm-hmm. two years there. Graduated from there. Graduated from USF. Went back to Louisville, <laughs> bouncing around. <laughs> got my wow. yeah, got my master's degree in sport administration. Uh, worked there for eight years, and then got the itch to to move back home. And that's how I ended up here. <laughs> how long before you go back to Louisville? 
<laughs> I think I'm done. Okay. I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done. The cold weather is enough for me. And yeah. Clearly, there are no other options. Yeah, yeah right. So no right. no other cities in America. There's not. There's two cities. That's right. There it. are two cities. It's the only here. two places I vacation to. It's the only places I've lived. Yeah. As long as you bring bourbon back every time you come. There you oh, go. That's good. what the extra suitcase for. Oh. Shout out to Southwest yeah. for that extra. Those oh. two suitcases. Yes. I always fly with two. Bunch of enablers. There's one that's empty every time. It comes back full, though, right. somehow. <laughs> Bowl wrap and Peppy Van Winkle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And now we know when he comes back, he's he's packing. Uh-huh. So there you go. So if you got suggestions, recommendations that you want, you can't oh, yeah. find. Yeah. You let me know. Just had some horse soldier the other day as a oh, gift from someone. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, same good stuff. That's St. Uh, Peter, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's <laughs> a good one. I got some four roses. I've got too many bottles in my collection right uh, now yeah i was a little worried because the really the only two gifts that i got over the holiday season from anybody other than immediate family was either bourbon or starbucks gift cards <laughs> well there <laughs> you go you and i are very me. similar yeah. kindred spirits i See, mean I, I got a lot of bourbon i got uh bourbon paraphernalia i'm like like getting like stainless steel ice cubes and star wars ice molds yes and like, i've seen those okay those oh, are yeah. pretty cool the, the yeah. death star yeah part. so i got millennium falcon one oh nice. which is great amazing which is silicone so it can also be a chocolate mold so for those oh, bakers man. out there what did I tell you, right? He yeah. just skipped from bourbon to Disney, and now we're talking cooking. They all they all intersect. Yeah, they all do. I love They're it. They're all owned by Disney, right? They, yeah. yeah. Disney owned As are we all. Yeah. In Florida. Yes, yeah. as my credit card statement would tell you for, right. yeah. from yes. Christmas. Yes. And then I got a little... Uh, Grogu, Mandalorian, oh, the child. Ice Mold, the child. Amazing. Yeah. That was nice. great. Amazing. The fact that you know hey, his name. spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Catch up. Alert. Catch up. If you're not on episode five of season yeah. two, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We apologize. Yeah. <laughs> so, focusing in on food, um, your Tampa family, um, you have a lot of relatives here in Tampa as well. Tons. Mm-hmm. Too many of them. Yes. (laughs) Um, Some people know. Some people don't. Yeah. We don't have to go there. But tell me a memory around the table, like your favorite, that pops into your mind right now that brings warmth and happiness. Yeah, I'm... I'm probably yeah. I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna have to say Noche Buena, uh, coming from a from a Cuban family uh, mm-hmm. on my dad's side. It's a big time of year for us. Um, it, it's a big deal in in Spanish culture in general, but it's also my grandmother's birthday. Oh wow! Oh. So being that matriarchs are a big deal <laughs> yes. in Spanish yeah. culture, combine those two things, so it's a shindig, right? Yeah. Right. I remember growing up, the amount of people that would show up on Noche Buena to wish my grandmother happy birthday and all of that. But uh, in the evening, it was always our extended family, which was a lot of people. Yeah. We're talking like 50, 60 people coming over. And when I was younger, it was like a whole thing all day cooking the pig, which is, which is a great experience Mm -hmm. and it's evolved uh, over time. But more recently we added a tradition a couple of years ago where we, we eat and then we finish up playing a little dice game with the family. Huh. Nice. Uh, nice. Which is great. And it's uh, it's just something that's stuck in my head is is all the older people get after it and start yelling <laughs> yeah. about people not rolling the dice correctly. <laughs> and uh, they're centered around dinner tables, but it may not necessarily be the food. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that is memorable. Food games. Yeah. Conversation. Games, right? Yeah. It's, uh, food ha- makes all those things happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tell us what Noche Buena is. Yeah. Noche Buena is Christmas Eve. Uh, mm. It's the good night. Mm. So it's, it's in preparation uh, for Christmas Day. Uh, in Cuban culture, we 
we eat a lot of pig. Mm. Uh, that's our thing. Pork's a big thing. Yep. So, so do you bury the pig and do the whole deal? The, or? So we used to do the cajachina. At, um, at this point, my grandparents have gotten a little older. Mm. We don't have anybody that's really perfected doing that anymore. Um which I think is kind of on our generation. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't you need to step up or somebody because you can't let that go. So I'm back uh, in town now, so I think that's kind of my cross to bear is uh, to, to learn how to do this. Yeah. So gotcha. That's a good Oops. cross to bear, though. That's, <laughs> it's, it's an important one. Yeah. It's an important one. So uh, roasted pork, black beans and rice, yeah. yes. lots of bread, plantains, plantains oh, yuca, yes. like it's the whole, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. You always leave there eating way more than you should oh yeah uh, sure. but it's great because the next day you have leftovers oh so many it's, it's even better <laughs> yeah and Somehow you, the that's next even day. better <laughs> yeah the leftovers yeah. from that meal is yeah yum. so so i know you're uh you have a cuban heritage but uh, i have a neighbor who has mexican heritage and, mm-hmm. and she made abuelita mm-hmm. which is mexican hot chocolate mm-hmm. the other night for us and it was incredible you guys have something similar in your culture cafe con leche baby yeah cafe con leche is really our thing but not really like during the holidays they're not anything i mean i've introduced bourbon cream to the family there you go so so that's kind of starting new traditions that's that's my new tradition that i'm bringing to the table (laughs) if i can't do the pig i'm gonna bring out yeah 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 it's a good substitute yeah (laughs) and everybody's happy (laughs) and if they weren't before they are now absolutely absolutely This is the uh, late night edition of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Jason and I were talking about dice games and bourbon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's about right. Well, and Disney. Attractive. Wait a minute. Yeah, and Disney yeah, and sports. We can friendly. get wholesome. That's right. Exactly. Let's, let's exactly. We'll go wholesome family here. Tell us about your buddy Grogu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God, he's so cute, though. Seriously. Anyway. Oof, oof, oof. Okay, so. Yeah, so here at Feeding Tampa Bay, uh, we brought you on for a pretty specific purpose, and uh, so far from what I can tell, you're pretty fantastic about it. Tell us a little bit about your work. Yeah, so obviously uh, stepped into a role of development officer, <laughs> which is an interesting time to, to step into a new organization, yeah. for sure. Uh, I started in February, so we're getting close to a year already, which mm-hmm. is wild. Uh but really my role is just to develop relationships with the people that, that care about our mission and our work. Um, and we have a lot of fantastic people that I get to interact with yeah. on a hourly, daily basis. Uh, it's, it's really been fantastic. Uh, that's really what my day-to-day looks like. Mm-hmm. It has changed a little bit, uh, but, but that's really what I do is yeah, call so and thank people. There's one program in particular that you kind of take the lead on, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a forklift sitting on my desk, the little miniature toy version. And mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so our forklifter program is our monthly giving program. Uh, so it's individuals who want to uh, help us sustain the work that we do through monthly donations. It's, it's better for us as an organization to be able to plan, right? I think that's the biggest thing is knowing that people are going to consistently be there with us throughout it all uh that's been a big task of mine since starting here and it's it's growing rapidly which is great um and we're close to about 800 forklifters wow uh, which is great (laughs) and and i think i was within the first 200 when i started less than three years ago yeah so the growth in that program is incredible yeah it's been great i think obviously uh the work shane is doing in, in the pr world to to get our story out there has has obviously helped that space a lot but i think we're we're very intentional about making sure that people understand the importance even if you give on a one-time basis being able to explain 
why a monthly gift is important. Um, and for a lot of people, it's an easier way to spread out their giving, right? So it there's is. there's multi multifacets to that. Many of my family are forklifters. Yeah. Like they, they're very proud of it. Yeah. They tell me every time we have a gathering. Yeah, that's still great. Still a forklifter. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Still there. <laughs> yeah, as you should be. Don't worry, month, Matt's little month. Matt's little toy forklift has definitely been a topic of conversation amongst. That's right. The food bank. Everybody's like, uh, when do I get mine? Yeah. Yeah. Can't one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. It's a collector's item now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, you know, you see your work as building relationships, and and as a part of that, you get to have some really neat conversations with folks who have, have helped to build our world. Tell us a little bit about what you hear when you talk to people. I think it's, you know, during COVID, the, the real big thing is that people understand the need for food in the community, right? So it, it's a lot of my conversations center around thanking somebody for, for what they're giving and explaining to them what's what's happening in our world and the increased need. It's funny how many times people go, get off the phone because you have more important things to do than talk to me. <laughs> I appreciate you thanking me. However, right. you need to go feed people. So it's, right. a, it's such a nice yeah. Nice, nice for people to get it. Yeah, they, they do. And it's 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 been really great. Um, you know, I would say the, the that's the biggest kind of catch-all that I can say from all of my conversations that people are just really appreciative of the work we're doing. But the funny thing is, is that it's really the other way around. We couldn't do the work we do right. without people's support. Yeah. And I think that's what we as as development officers want to convey to all those people that are supporting us is that there's obviously need. Uh, we want to thank you for it. But it's also about telling the story about how long that, that need will be there. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting because in our world, you know, programs gets a lot of attention because we're out there doing flashy stuff. And operations is really the engine that moves everything around and makes it all happen but underneath that you know i don't think development really gets the credit it deserves for the amazing work you do because we couldn't gas up our trucks and we couldn't you know purchase food when we need to yeah. and we couldn't do all the things that it takes to to make a difference in the community without the amazing work you guys do yeah, we didn't have the team we have i mean yeah, you yeah, guys we're are pivotal lucky. to everything that <laughs> We're lucky we've got a great leader that, that kind of drives the ship. And obviously there's some staff that's been here longer than I have. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> that has that has really built meaningful relationships with a lot of people that are that are big in our community. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's vital for those people to come alongside us. But it's now we're out there. We're more visible. And people that haven't been a part of our world are now a part of our world. I mean, yeah, the amount right. of amount of people that are first-time donors in our world, I think, has exceeded 18,000 new donors wow. in our world now. That's, which That's crazy. Is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take all that credit, but I'll take some of it. <laughs> you have the microphone, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody's here to argue it, right? <laughs> so I'm just going to run with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Jason uh, brings in 18,000 Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it's, it's really been great. It's been great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, since you get to communicate with those people in the community all the time, is there like, is there something about the role that you fill now that like makes you want to just, you know, keep doing the work that you that you find yourself in? I mean, I'm sure that this year has probably changed your perspective on your job as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing fundraising for, I mean, closing in on 10 years now. So Mm -hmm. it's been the field that I've that I've sat in for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was doing it in college athletic space which is completely different than Mm -hmm. what i'm doing now but kind of what drew me to feeding tampa bay was something that was more meaningful Mm -hmm. right and what can be more meaningful than providing 
meals for people who who need food right yeah. it's right. such a basic need uh, so that's what drives me every day talking to people is knowing that there's still need to be met yeah. even though we are we're setting records at the food bank there's still more that we right. can do so it, it's every day it's thanking people it's saying how much we mean it but we also need you to to come alongside us it's it's about more than just sticking with us now yeah. right. it's going to be a longer haul so yeah. Yeah. i think that's the interesting task of this time of year right is mm-hmm. the, a lot of people uh i don't, don't want to use the word discover but mm-hmm. um turn on that part of themselves that cares about giving back when they recognize that there are people who aren't going to be able to celebrate holidays the way they do or the their memories of childhood right mm-hmm. they're noche buena yeah yeah for sure um, and the challenge that I see in your world that that you guys seem to be doing a fantastic job of of rising to is the people who come in for a one-time thing, whether it's COVID or the holidays or whatever it is, um, converting that into a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is really. Uh, you know, I, we've had conversations here about not doing anything special for the holidays, just to remind people that there's hunger year round. Mm. And of course we don't do that, but right. you know, the, the sentiment, uh, of just helping people remember that on March 7th and on April 29th, there's going to be hungry people in our community. Mm. Um, it's, it's really cool to see how you guys tell that story, you know, mm-hmm. just as much as Shannon and Ev help people tell our story, you guys are the same. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, appreciate you saying that it, mm-hmm. it means a lot i mean the stories that we hear from people are are amazing i mean people who have been in our food lines that yeah. aren't yes. in our food lines now right uh that are giving back or people that have been recently in our food lines and have maybe gone through a program like fresh force and are now wanting to give back whatever they can yeah. because they've been in that space uh it's it really warms your heart because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot that people can do and um the big gifts are great, right? Like that obviously helps move the train, but it, it takes a collective to really make a difference. And uh, every little bit, every little bit matters. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, thanks for making what we do possible, Jason. Right. <laughs> That's all on me. Yeah, eighteen thousand. Yeah. So when it doesn't go well, this 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 interview is going to get replayed. Yeah, oops. <laughs> all of the praise, sad. but none of the blame. Yeah. <laughs> perfect world yeah right <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to join us we Thanks appreciate you and your entire team um it's so interesting how all of us are really just continue to be tied together how we help each other reach our individual goals and our goals to feed the community thank the humana foundation and feeding tampa bay work together to address food insecurity Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. You'll find out more this spring. One hint, FoodRx. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. We are back with another fabulous food banker, um, a really special one. Um, We just finished, what, our fourth cohort? Mm-hmm. That's with right. Fresh Force yeah. and uh, Miss Kim Ramey is here with us one of the OGs and a rock Superstar, star yeah. yes. in our world how you doing lovely <laughs> wonderful Aww. thank yeah. you for having me thank you for of being course, here of course giving us some of your time I know you're you're always out there you are on the road yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am on the run mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feeding people that's Absolutely. right Absolutely. that's right out in the community but first before we get into your work we want to know a little bit about you Okay, so tell us about you and our listeners. Who are you? Who am I? Mm-hmm. I am Kim Ramey. 
I was born in Tampa. How far back are we going? Oh, log cabin days. Yeah, you can share the way. You can share as much as yeah. much as you want. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm from Tampa. Mm-hmm. So are my parents, which is very rare. Yeah. They're both natives. Oh, that wow. is too. Oh yeah. Dang. I know. Um, single mom of a college student. Thank you. <laughs> that is about to graduate. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Get that degree. Right. Um. And I came to Fresh Force. Um, a friend suggested it. Mm-hmm. That is now one of our drivers. Nice. Um, he was applying for Fresh Force, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> and he's like, "You should do it." I'm like, "I don't know what that is," <laughs> but I was in a position where I was faced for the first time um, with a job barrier mm-hmm. that I've never experienced before in my life. Used to have my own business, and I was like, "Okay, let me make the wise decision to take the this opportunity of a paid." training program and also a program that can help me um, connect with uh, Feeding Tampa Bay's partners, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to um, to better give myself an opportunity for a job after this program. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So um, anyway, back to my who am I? <laughs> um, I? I had my own organizational business, um, home maintenance. Mm-hmm business also did a little bit of cleaning but most of the homes i was in um they were huge and i said please keep your cleaning uh people and i will maintain your home while you're running your children around and and doing whatever moms need to do yeah so. gotcha that's unique gotcha. that's cool yeah <laughs> and i'm so, ocd so it's great <laughs> my organizational skills for others you not get myself. to use your quirks to make money <laughs> yes <laughs> you, you talk should. about leaning into your strength yeah. yes <laughs> yes i love it that's awesome <laughs> so with that tell us you know two generations of tampa folks here so do you have a memory um whether that be family for you or even your son of uh, having a meal around a table that pops in your mind? Yes. Well, several. Growing up, um, we had Sunday dinner Mm. every Sunday. Um, Younger years, my grandmother would cook and then she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So it would be church's chicken one week and on a Sunday Mm. and uh, Wendy's the next. We would just rotate. All train. <laughs> but you were still together. So yes, that was we the were. important part. Yes, right? it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right? After so that's church. Your, so how long, how old, like your whole childhood, that's what you did after church? No, it probably went um, into my preteens. Mm. And then I didn't yeah. want to want to share that with them. I wanted to be all <laughs> like all preteens. Yeah. Yes, yes, cool. yes, right. yes. I wanted to be with my friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Understandable. So. You know, it's fun to hear kind of the, the Kim Ramey background. And, and in a lot of ways, when I hear your name or hear, you know, around the office, the things that you're doing, it, I think of you as kind of proof of concept for mm-hmm. Fresh Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you can hear in your voice how passionate you are about our mm-hmm. work and how passionate you are about Fresh Force. But um, you really took a bet on us mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because you were there at the beginning. We didn't have any proof that we could do this job training thing we had a bunch of ideas and a bunch of passionate people and then we had a a group of folks from the community like you who said you know what i'm gonna give this a try and uh i really appreciate the faith that you put in us as an organization and now to see 
all of the amazing things that you've done with the skills that you gained in that process. It's just, it's really heartwarming for me, but, um, I, I don't think we've really gotten into what exactly you do here at feeding Tampa Bay. I mean, part of the story is we didn't let you go. Right. <laughs> right. And I was not going to go. I just asked Mike Perkins, my instructor mm-hmm. every week. He was like, Hey, when's there a job opening? <laughs> you're going to hire me. Yeah. He's like, job. you want anything? You need anything? I'm like, yes, a job here. <laughs> Otherwise I'm good. Mike would tell me it was funny during that, that first class every, every week I'd check in with Mike. How's it going? Well, Kim wants a job. Here. <laughs> uh, and this is going well. We're struggling a little here. We're doing this. And Kim definitely wants a job here. Yeah. <laughs> and week zero, you said I was family, so you that's can't right. get rid yeah, of me. That's <laughs> true. Right. That, that is very true. Yeah. yeah. And it stayed true. Persistence <laughs> is key on this yes. one. And a year later, mm-hmm. you're yes. still part of the family. Yeah, right? you are. So tell us a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis here for Feeding Tampa Bay. Okay. On a day-to-day basis, I... Um, We'll say my title. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters. I'll I'll say what Thomas says. I feed people. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. I am the um, mobile pantry coordinator for Feeding Tampa Bay, and um, what I do is I jump on a truck with my amazing driver, um, and I call us the dynamic duo <laughs> because I cannot do what I do without him. Yeah. Um, I jump on a truck with him with about six to eight thousand pounds of healthy nutritious food is that all yeah that's all (laughs) sometimes more just a few apples (laughs) (laughs) um whatever fits sometimes Mm -hmm. enough for my teenager to eat one day exactly (laughs) exactly and we go to um even though feeding tampa bay uh, distributes and has agencies over 10 counties uh, we go to about five different counties and we set up shop for our mobile pantry i meet Rockstar volunteers there, and we set up tables and assemble either boxes or bags of a combination of food, meats, healthy produce, as I mentioned, bread. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it. And the the tricky part of it is, I I normally don't know what we're gonna have, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I get there and I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This much, this much, <laughs> and it's you know just a lot of guesswork and making it happen and then we um load it safely into our guest uh trunks Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i've gotten to witness your your leadership in action you know i I was there for like the one of the wells fargo distributions and you know uh Mm -hmm. i've gotten to see you over at uh, hendrick honda in in uh, manatee and it's great you know because you go into this like you know, like action mode, yes. like, you know, Superhero like, as soon as everything comes mode. out of the truck, like, Kim, what do we do? You're like this here, this here, <laughs> you there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's second nature for you now. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's ever changing of the quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike our megas that so came about, uh, since COVID, like I said, I never know how much or what it's based on our distributions or based on our donations. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what we're getting unless I come early to the warehouse. Yeah. And then it's just make it happen, like I said, and adjusting the quantities because you never know how many guests we're going to have come through there. Right. Ever. Right. Right, so right. it's okay. Looking into an hour, okay, we need to double up. We need to slow down yeah. so everybody gets something. Right. That's right. pretty magical that watching yes, you is. do that, figuring it out. Yeah. And, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow, after how did I do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this is a theme that we've had in a couple of our other conversations, but I think it's especially true with you that um, when our guests come to us, it's a really vulnerable moment for them. And to have somebody who's as energetic and as welcoming as you are 
in that moment is really powerful. And yes. so, you know, I think what all of us saw immediately when you were, uh, I won't use the word pestering, but questioning my persistence. Persistence is a nice word, Matt. It, right, it right. is. And, and it's an appropriate word because you can see it in your work too. But yeah. the joy and the energy that you bring to those experiences, you know, that's a low moment for a lot of folks to be in that line. And to come to the front and to have somebody make them feel like it's okay. Have yeah. somebody make them feel like they were happy they showed up. Mm-hmm. That is just an incredible skill that you have that can't be taught, that you didn't get that from Fresh Force, right? You you brought that in and I'm so happy that we've found a place where that skill set is so perfectly connected to the day-to-day work you do. How do you keep up that energy? <laughs> Cafe Bustello. (laughs) (laughs) It is my friend. (laughs) It's a true Tampanian right there. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Um, How I keep it up is I just love what I do. I absolutely love it. I love being the chosen person to, after my persistence and pestering, (laughs) um, (laughs) to be the one to to give, to give to others, to give in their moment of a moment I've been there um, with my son going to food banks you know in our past and going from having um, a refrigerator full of food to you know and money in the bank account because of you know our past and and I won't go into it but you know his father and all of having nothing and being like what do I do now and I've been one of those people with an almost new vehicle which it doesn't matter. You don't know the person's story. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right, right. So I've had people say, why are they coming through this line, especially since COVID, with a brand new car? I've had even neighbors filming and I had to stop the food distribution. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you cannot film my guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, right. and even yell at them and mock at them and you don't oh, do not man. know their story. And I believe in zero judgment because I've been there and you don't you That's right. wouldn't know my story. Um, and I just, I've been there. I have the empathy. I have, um, you know, I'm just, I am so excited that I get to be, like I said, the person that gives to them the basic need. The most challenging part of my job, I feel, is to turn off my emotions because mm-hmm. I am an empath like times a thousand <laughs> at least. Yeah. And to turn off my emotions and not to cry when I have someone wiping tears when I put food in the car and then I'm putting more and more and more (laughs) as they're wiping their tears and I'm trying not to cry and trying to stay strong and give them hope that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your story is exactly that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's awesome to, to see you have having come through and and be on the other side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know just be such a fantastic representative of our organization not just fresh force but of feeding tampa bay Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you you know you went through our fresh force program and you know we we were sure to introduce everyone to different positions and opportunities and stuff and you said no no i want to work at ftb (laughs) so what what made you want to do that you know as opposed to to you know applying other places and seeing what else you could do well, we went on a couple field trips when we were at Fresh Force. We went to different organizations. One was Baycare. And um, Mike, my instructor, was like, Kim, do you want to work at Baycare? I'm like, no, I want to work here. <laughs> 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 I was set on it. 
um, like persistence to the, you know, mm-hmm. like craziness mm-hmm. degree or whatever you, you were manifesting. It. Yes, uh-huh. I was. Uh-huh. Actually, we did a uh, vision board. That's right. And everything right. on my vision board has come true. Okay. <laughs> Something to be I'm said. The magic vision board. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it had FTB on it. And yep. yes, yeah, so I, I, I couldn't see myself in that environment, although, you know, it was a wonderful facility, state yeah. of the art, all of that. It was not the place for me. Mm-hmm. And I used to look up every single day on Feeding Tampa Bay website, the jobs. And I just knew that I wanted to be a part of this family and that I wanted to distribute food to the community, however that may be. And I did not even know about the position and the V was being promoted. And yes, talk about manifesting. Your your planets aligned. (laughs) Or ours did. Yeah, Let me rephrase that. All of ours did, quite frankly. Awesome. It's so cool to me to see it because, you know, one of the things, as you mentioned earlier, when, when we have a fresh force class at the orientation session, I come in and I, you know, talk a little bit and then do a, a team building exercise. Mm -hmm. And, um, as part of that, I say to everyone and, and mean it that, you know, by stepping up and saying, you want to be in fresh force, we consider you part of the family Mm -hmm. and feeding Tampa Bay is a huge family and it's a family that takes care of each other. And, Um, you know, you can see some people out there going, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. I, and then I see Kim in the back and nodding, like, yes. full head yes. nod, you know, going, Absolutely. I am It's in. not just talk. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I am coming over for Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome. That's what we love. You know, that's yeah. what we love about it. And, and, yeah. and the great thing is now when I go and, and have that conversation with future Fresh Force classes, I can say, I don't have to say anything. I just bring Kim in. I bring in Kavarius. <laughs> right. Hey, yeah. You know, this yeah. is a family yeah. and we will be here for you and give you the opportunity to be here for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another opportunity is, um, you know, that I had the opportunity to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, the person that referred me for this position or, you know, or I guess that's what happened. Who knows? <laughs> I think that's what happened and my persistence and, just you know a lot of a lot of you know people saying yeah i think she would work for this position not just one yeah um was there was an unfortunate um event that happened and our director of ops who was Mm -hmm. in cohort one that's the only time he ever did training yeah so i can tell you stuff about this warehouse that you (laughs) would never even want to (laughs) know stories from back in the day jim carpenter trained me so um he was out in our um, COO. She was, you know, um, overseeing Fresh Force. And we just had, you know, like a, a day of cleaning. And she said that she loved my enthusiasm, which she had from the, the beginning and mm-hmm. liked how I worked with my, with my classmates and my yeah. team. And, you know, just you never know what opportunities you will have. Yeah. Right. You know, and who, you know who is seeing you and and what you bring to whatever task it may be so yeah, yeah. and i think that's a that's one of the really cool lessons of fresh forces that how you do anything is typically how you do everything right? exactly and, really good yeah and if you're 
even just volunteering on a clean out day and we're moving pallets around to make That's sure what that we were everything doing. is, yeah. you know, <laughs> to see your energy and your enthusiasm and how hard you worked at something that was a very simple task and not really the reason you were here, right? You were here right. to get certification and training. Your attitude towards it. That's right. But you jumped right in mm-hmm. and it, it gave Rhonda the assurance to know that if she brought you on her team, that is the attitude you would bring to every interaction that you have and that's borne out over the last year that that's absolutely how you live and how you work here and and it's why everybody loves you as part of the team thank you thank you so much for joining us kim you're welcome thank you and for giving every fiber of your being every time you're representing feeding tampa bay because it is so very clear your passion for those that we serve and for your teammates thank you and i love to be able to do it every day (laughs) thank you guys this podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of feeding america a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries soup kitchens shelters and other community-based agencies Welcome, friends, to What the Food Bank, right, Ev? Yeah. This is a special edition. It's two weeks. That's right. That's right. We're giving people what they want. Yes. More. <laughs> More. More of the FTB crew. Mm-hmm. Our guest has to bring double the awesome, then. She better. Pressure's uh, on. <laughs> you're having me follow some pretty impressive team members, so sorry, folks. You get me. <laughs> so we're welcoming J.C. Peters. Chief Communications and Culture Officer Mm -hmm. for Evan and I, hail to the chief. She's our chief chief of our team. (laughs) Uh, Back to the program. So they've asked Um, me to say a few things that (laughs) they can't say. Uh, (laughs) Remember your notes. Here we go. Bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, we're starting off great. But first of all, we've had you on the show before. And it's uh, of course, it's all about Feeding Tampa Bay. But we really wanted you to share a little bit about you. it could be anything from where you're from. Everybody's kind of shared all across the gamut. So mm-hmm. tell us about you. Well, we have some pretty amazing team members, so my story's a little boring, but <laughs> that's okay. I'm from a small town in Kansas, um, and I grew up with uh, two, one sister, uh, one brother, and uh, you know, it just it was a normal childhood. It was sports. It was family time. It was you know, driving down the street to the pool to meet my friends, like just normal, you know, stuff uh, for me anyways. And so (laughs) it just, you know, I I think something that I always reflect back to is it seems like a boring life, but I just appreciate growing up in a small town um, and, you know, having those roots. And so, um, you know, my sports kind of led me into college sports. I, I threw the javelin in college. What? It's an All-American. I don't know. Don't what? mess with me yeah. yet. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. See what you can do with a pencil. Yeah. yeah. I know. The little mini javelin. Hit a gnat's eye for 50 yards. <laughs> so that was exciting, obviously, I, you know, in college. But um, I met my fiance there and, um, you know, fell in love. And I moved to Tampa because I actually needed an internship to graduate. And so my sister was already here uh, working at USF so I got an internship in her office I moved here uh, did the long distance relationship for a year uh, graduated and then uh, my lovely fiance moved here um, and so we've been here ever since so I've been in Tampa for 10 years now wow um, and love it we fell in love with it he's from Colorado you know and we did not miss the cold so we decided to stay (laughs) it's it's a nice place to visit but 
once you live in Florida, Colorado uh, is, to go is back good to for winter sports. Yeah. 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 We, do, we do like to go back. But yeah, this yeah. is a good place to, you know, kind of put down some new roots here. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us, you know, whether it was growing up or, um, you know, now, tell us about what you like to eat. Favorite meal, mm-hmm. memory around the table. Mm-hmm. I like to eat anything in sight. Uh, I love food. Um, and actually, uh, Denzel and I joke about this a lot at home because everything around my day is centered around what my next meal is going to be. What's for breakfast? Okay, now what's for lunch? What's for dinner? Sounds like my 13-year-old boy. <laughs> it is literally like so distracting, but so wonderful. And I honestly look at every meal like I want this meal to be the best meal. Like I always have a craving. I always I just love food in general. But this is going to be the best Taco Bell yeah. chalupa I have ever yeah. had. And a lot of times it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's not. But you know. I <laughs> There is just so much about food that, you know, it's so funny because I don't really know how I developed a relationship with it until recently. You know, obviously, since I've worked at Feeding Tampa Bay, I've really started to kind of look into like, why is food such a big deal in my life? And I remember all those days growing up doing sports, running around, you know. My, my parents put me in everything and so we were constantly on the go but we always made time to have dinner together you know and and it was always that meal that was the time that we spent and so I think food for me is very emotional um, and it is something that you know I always want to make sure I stop and, and enjoy that meal with somebody that I love or if I'm enjoying it with myself that's why it's so exciting <laughs> <laughs> also someone you love yes, exactly so um, so yeah I've just developed a love for food pizza is oh, my favorite yes I know you share that oh with man me. yeah universal good <laughs> yeah and it can be a cheap pizza an expensive pizza thin crust thick crust I don't care people don't understand that you know they're like I only like pizza from here I'm like Pff. no Jeez. anywhere any type <laughs> I even discovered a pizza quesadilla when oh. I was doing keto and oh. it changed my life forever <laughs> um, I still like the real thing but like pizza anything is fantastic mm-hmm. so well, that's you can do English muffin pizzas right. oh yeah you know, I did a non-bread pizza, pizza recently. Pizza on tortillas. Oh, wow. You can do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything pizza is fantastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, JC, is there any particular memory around the table that comes to mind that resonates with you? You know, I think it's just the conversation. You know, we typical family that sits down around the you know table and you talk about your day. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. kind of cliche, but... You know, it is that time when you just stop and have that intentional conversation and connect. And so, you know, I think all of the memories is summed up into one big memory for me because there were so many of those conversations and so many of those times when we just sat and talked and, you know, had a a really nice time as a family. So I always have loved that memory. Yeah. Like, it's like you're saying about every meal being special, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, There's a lot of att- intention that was developed around that food, you know, and yeah. so, you know, not really realizing at the time that it was the food was there while that intention was happening you know years later i look back and i think wow that that moment was so intentional and i love that yeah it's been interesting to listen to our colleagues talk about their food experiences Mm -hmm. because many of them have that same you know i i remember very vividly no matter how busy our lives were Mm -hmm. that we stopped and had dinner together as a family as often as possible even if it was 9 30 at night after i came back from baseball my sister came mm-hmm. back from band and nobody's actually eating you're still <laughs> sitting around the table, right. you know? yeah. um, and it's been fun to do this process where mm-hmm. we get to interview our colleagues um 
and you know so much fun in fact that we ended up blowing it out into a third episode <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're gonna wrap up our second episode which mm-hmm. is gonna uh, be a compilation of a, of a bunch of our uh, colleagues and I would love for you to share a little bit about um, kind of what it means to be our culture leader yeah I think you know when I uh, think of all the colleagues that we've you know interviewed on the podcast there's so many more, right? That we didn't mm-hmm. even get a chance to uh, maybe one day. But I think I look across our organization and I hear the many stories of our colleagues and I'm so fascinated by what led us all here. And, you know, everybody has a different story. Everybody um, has taken a different path, but at the end of the day, we all landed here and we're all here together. Mm-hmm. And the things that we do on a daily basis here never cease to amaze me. Um, you know, the the absolute brilliance of our team you know continues to just get better and better and so for me you know taking this role as the culture officer is an incredible privilege and I've learned so much from the team it's you know I think part of my role is to lead us uh, you know down the path of, of building and maintaining a good culture but it, it really is because of the team that we're able to to have it um, you know I think I just again cannot be more impressed by the the people that work here and to be able to celebrate and recognize and take care of those individuals and help cultivate them to be the best version of themselves is something that gets me out of bed every day that's such a solid that's such a right. deep you know deep you can, answer you can tell her background is communication yeah is <laughs> <laughs> that too polished no, no that was, you could tell that came from yeah. the heart you know yeah, that yeah, wasn't like yeah. a practiced you know no. line or anything i am an emotional you were speaking your truth. that's important yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely was. <laughs> so you know we mentioned here and there about our uh, about our organizational culture but we have a very specific grow code mm-hmm. um i would love for you to talk just a little bit about that and how mm-hmm. that kind of plays into the unique, weird, awesome people that we have here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, for anybody that, uh, you know, our faithful listeners out there, there was an episode with Carrie Higgins Bigelow mm-hmm. um, from Living HR. Her and her team helped us build our culture, and we, we dive into that pretty deeply um, on that episode. And so uh, I encourage you to go back and to listen to that one. But, you know, I think building the culture was so... It was the time that we needed it to happen, and, you know, we built it with such intention, and we really defined it in a way that allowed us to blossom because of it. So it really was foundational to everything that we've done since. And I think, you know, I reflect back on Food Banker of the Year that we do every year that really embodies the team member more so than the productivity. And that's really something that, as an organization, we want to make sure that the team, we have a culture that the team who is here feels you know very much a part of this mission feels connected to one another engaged in what they're doing more so than the widgets that we put out obviously we want to serve our community and we need to do that very well Uh, but there's so much more behind that and there's so much power and um, you know so much more ability in our in in that process and and being able to serve the community because of the culture and so you know for us honoring all is one that stands out to me day in and day out. And I think through this podcast, being able to interview all of our team members really celebrates people for who they are. And that's Mm -hmm. what that's all about. It's really saying that all of us got here a different way. We all, you know, 
have a background we all have a belief system we all have you know cultural differences but there's something beautiful about coming together and in and unifying uh, in this mission together so um, for me you know honor all is is a really special one mm -hmm. you know I, I've heard a couple of team members talking about conquering together and the teamwork that it takes uh, you know I think COVID especially has really given us the opportunity to dive in and help one another out you know so many of us have done things that we weren't doing before covid because you know we've just had to to be able to shift this year and so uh, conquering together is is something we do day in and day out um you know being an imaginist rethinking uh covid again you know we're going to talk a lot about that a lot obviously because <laughs> it's really you know kind of ruled our whole year but yeah really thinking about how do we shift how we serve our community. We still want to provide a dignified experience. We still want to be able to serve our community. How do we do that effectively, um, you know, by changing the way that we provide food and, and having to do it quickly too. Mm -hmm. So that really caused a, a lot of us to have to think outside of the box. And, you know, the things that our team members, the ideas that they have, the ability to shift and adapt and be flexible, um, is something that also makes me really proud because, you know, there w there was no time for us to, <laughs> let's have a plan for f six <laughs> right. months. Right. So, you know, you snap your fingers now. and we got to be Jump able to respond. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so there is something about being a part of this team that you do have to have the, you know, that flexibility and adaptability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking with truth, I think a lot of people have felt the weight of this year. And so being able to just communicate with one another, speak openly and honestly and vulnerably. I mean, I've had to tell people I'm having a bad day, you know, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm exhausted or I, you know, I just am struggling and being able to have trust in your colleagues uh, to be able to say that and to have grace, you know, and uh, to have them say, that's okay. You know, I, I'm here for you and I can, you know, pick up, pick you up, you know, through this tough time. And then obviously staying rooted to the mission is one that every single day we all come here, we're passionate about this mission and we're all here because there is something much bigger than all of us. Um, and that is really that that call to service and to help people in our community. Uh, but we do have to do it together and we all have a very important piece in that, you know, in that work. So I love our Grow Code. Um, you know, it was born because of the team members, you know, and so I think for me, just being able to share that day in and day out is is what will keep us going you know through whatever comes our way yeah i have to say you know when i'm not stealing from other <laughs> team members employees um when you're hiring someone to mm -hmm. join our team it is so helpful mm -hmm. to have a culture that we have thought through and mm -hmm specified and laid out and explained and live into right. because it really gives people a clear understanding of what their expectations should be when they come on board yeah. and it helps us filter you know there are people who are great in interviews mm -hmm. and then are very different on day one mm -hmm. yeah. and there are people who don't necessarily shine in an interview environment but are fantastic teammates yep. and I think the way as um, you know as, as a leader here where you are doing a lot of that bringing people on having that filter mm -hmm. is incredibly helpful because you can tailor your questions around it you mm -hmm. can use it as a way to judge um, kind of somebody's culture fit and then you know almost always you end up with the final interview mm -hmm. with a potential team member because of that and so I, I love that we do that because it really 
emphasizes how important culture is to us. Yeah, you know, I think for us, skill sets definitely matter. You know, we have a job that needs to be done and we need to be able to do it. But at the end of the day, anybody could come in with a skill set. And if they're not a good fit for the team, if they don't agree with, you know, the culture here or don't live into it well with their teammates, it's going to make life here very difficult, you know. And so a lot of the interview process is not only the job responsibilities and what, you know, skill set do you have to fulfill that? That is important. I don't want to disregard that. But, you know, I think that last conversation about culture that, you know, myself, you know, Thomas has, uh, you know, our chief administration officer, we have that conversation really to say, this is who we are. And we want you to understand what you're walking into. We want you to accept us just as much as we want to accept you as a, as a new team member. And so, that just really allows us to open up the conversation and, you know, for somebody to really understand this is who Feeding Tampa Bay is. It's not just about how many meals are on tables and it's not just about, you know, which programs or, you know, what we're accomplishing. It's really about who you are as a person and and whether or not you um, are going to be a successful teammate here. And so I think that has really given us the opportunity to bring on team members that, you know, mesh really well together, work really well together, um, you know, and again, are able to use those grow code badges as kind of a, a lens by which they can do their work here. So it's proven successful so far. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely has. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's interesting as we were going through this process, I think we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but trying to decide who we would bring on the podcast <laughs> was really mm. challenging. Yeah. yeah, very tough. Yeah, There's so many weird and awesome and amazing and different people yeah. here mm-hmm. and talented talented yeah. in all yeah. sorts yeah. of ways like I, last time we literally talked about a gospel banjo rap <laughs> album yes. So, yes. You know, yes. That's uh, I, I'm just curious from your perspective as you look out across our culture mm-hmm. um, you know how do you see our team and, mm-hmm. and how you know you helped us kind of decide who it was that we would talk to who, who mm. represents our work uh, what, what do you see when you look at our team you know i think what's really important is we're serving a community and so our team needs to be representative of that and you know our community is made up of all different people so our team should be as well so that we understand where people are coming from and we you know um open the community that we serve up to unity and inclusion regardless of who you are you're welcome here So it's important for us foundationally to build that from within, you know, not to just serve our community through that lens, but also to be living it within. So I look at our team and, you know, I'm just always so fascinated by people's stories and, you know, where they came from and even hearing the different interviews of our team members on the podcast. I mean, the things that our team has been through, it's, it's so phenomenal to see how you got here today, you know, but, um, I think that's one of the the most beautiful things is the diversity that exists within the team really allows us to be open to one another and be open to new ideas and to really set an example for the community to say we are an organization that is accepting of all. Um, You know, we talk about people, we have people in our world with records, we have PhDs, we have people of all different, you know, faith backgrounds, we have people from different countries, we have, you know, just you name it, 
it's here at the food bank. Um, and I love that you said we have weird, you use the <laughs> word weird because <laughs> we kind of laugh a lot about it. I mean, you know, it, it is a unique set of, of team members and, you know, we all are kind of the misfits that, <laughs> that <laughs> land here. But no, I just, you know, I, I'm really proud of, um, you know, the, the diversity of our team because I do think that it, um, really allows us to be a better organization and better serve our community. I think one of the things that I like the most about the fact that we have such a focus on culture mm -hmm. is that, like, obviously, Feeding Tampa Bay started out pretty small. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times as companies grow, they start to become less personal and mm -hmm. they start to become more, like, you know, corporate and serialized. And I know that one of the things that we try to do here, specifically like you and Thomas, is to take that feedback from everyone and say, like, how do you want this to be? How do you want this to feel? You know, mm -hmm. what, do you feel like you're part of a family? Do you feel like you're heard? That kind of thing. Like, I think that that can get left by the wayside a lot of times. And we've grown exponentially oh, in yeah. just this yeah. year. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, that's one of the really cool things about like your work as building culture is that mm -hmm. like it keeps everybody feeling included right. you know it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's everyone's inside the bubble <laughs> yeah i think you know what you said is uh it's so true we have grown so much i've been here six and a half years and i remember a day when you just sh would shout across the hall and everybody in the organization knew what was going on right <laughs> i mean it just was, was so crazy because as we grew so quickly we were very similar in saying like oh my gosh or you know we don't want to lose sight of who we are and we want to make sure that as we grow that we're you know building something that is relevant to who we are in that moment and so culture has to constantly evolve with the team and with the organization. It can't be something that's defined one day and 10 years later is the exact right. same. And so, you know, but you also can't just define it and say, okay, team, this is what it is. It has to really happen from those conversations. People have to buy into it. People have to feel that it's authentic. Otherwise it's worthless. Yeah. And so a lot of the work that we did was with our team members. You know, we wanted feedback. We wanted to know, you know, what does it mean for you to be here? What's important to you? What do you wish that we had a little more of? And so we were able to develop the grow code in a way that allowed us to say this authentically is who we are, but it's just that constant reminder. And again, that because it's defined, everybody knows it. So yeah. that's what creates that sense of community because everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows what to expect. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows how to hold each other accountable to it, you know, and, and pick each other up through it. And yeah. so, you know, I think that's something that the reason my role is, is what it is, is because there does have to be that intention behind it for it to live and breathe and, and evolve, you know, as the organization does. Yeah have a mark to strive for. You yes, know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So speaking of you being a veteran, I mean, mm. you've been at FTB, <laughs> you've been here a while. Yeah. So, you know, what, I mean, you've seen this place change so much, like, has that, you know, kind of increased your commitment to FTB? Like, you know, what is it about FTB that, that keeps you around through mm. all this time? You know, I think um, through the change I have been able to grow in ways that I didn't realize were even possible. I've been able to learn things here that I don't know, you know, that I would have gotten anywhere else. And so for me, it's the constant challenge. It's the constant um, reward, knowing that people in our community are better off because of something that our team is doing. And if I can help the team be better, the community can be better. And so, you know, through the years, 
it's been kind of like a roller coaster ride, right? I mean, it's just like exciting and there's ups and downs and but there's just something so fantastic about my own evolution, the evolution of the organization, the evolution of our culture, you know, everything to be a part of that feels so special because, you know, you turn around one day and you think, wow, Mm. like, look where we've come, Mm -hmm. look what we used to be, and then look where we're headed. And to be able to know that in another five years, we're going to turn around and think, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) look where we were. Yeah, look where we were. We (laughs) used to do two two million meals a week. That's nothing, (laughs) right? Exactly. Someday that that might be a conversation we have. And so to be a part of that, um, you know, again, that sense of feelings that you're part of something bigger, that uh, to me has kept me around, Um, you know, but I think the relationships that I built along the way are so special to me. I think, you know, more so than anything, I like to just talk with people and I like to understand where people are coming from and so the relationships along the way um, of my own personal journey is is something that I cherish uh, very much Mm. this is really all about whose office is across the hall I think yeah and (laughs) one Matt Spence is across the hall coincidentally Matt's the reason I come back that's right that's understandable yeah the Wawa drinks that he buys there you go (laughs) I I know how to bribe Jason hey I'm going to Wawa do you need yep yep sure Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we'll thank you for yeah, joining us, you. JC. Once again, we know we, we will have you back talking about um, our culture and keeping people up to date on that. But thank you. Yeah, thanks may, for having me. May yeah. 2021 be a our best year yet. <laughs> exactly. Catch the third episode of our Humans of the Food Bank series on January 17th to learn all about our Food Banker of the Year award and how we choose which member of our staff deserves it most each year.